This sound recording is protected through international copyright, Dr. Cindy Mason and RadioAI.net. 2023, all rights reserved. Radio AI, www.radioai.net. The public resource for artificial intelligence literacy by the people who do AI. Radio AI podcast has a special guest, Mr. Kurt Hall. Kurt Hall is an emerging technology analyst who writes for Cutter Consortium and is a member of Arthur D. Little's AMP Consulting Group. Kurt has been a business analyst and has been watching trends in business for over 20 years. Today, we're going to get his insights into GPT, how it can be applied, how to get an account, what are some of the things to be cautious about. Let's hear from Kurt. Yeah, we're talking about ChatGPT and just how it just received a huge amount of interest, not just from techies and business people, but also just ordinary consumers. Ordinary Joes and Janes are just using it for all kinds of applications. English teachers are using it? You name it. (laughs) People are using it to write poetry or songs. I heard somebody created a business plan and somebody else created a course curriculum. There's a Cosmo magazine about six months ago that somebody used, not ChatGPT, but another in the same category of AI. This is a new category, generative AI, which is not just language, but also art. And I used ChatGPT last night to generate a business plan for me to sell fine art photography. And wow. it spit this business plan out in about 20 seconds. <laughs> and it's a seven-page, very detailed business plan going into the type of website I need, uh, the type of marketing I need. It even told me that it would cost about $10,000 to set up and market my fine art photography the first year but during that time i would earn about fifteen to twenty thousand dollars and so subtract that i'd make about five to ten thousand dollars profit my first year selling my fine art photography what did you enter into the system to ask it to do that i asked i asked it a simple sentence please complete me a detailed business plan about how i could the best way i could market fine art photography so you just type that in i, I typed it in and spit it out in 20 <laughs> in in 10 seconds maybe. Wow. So you have this account. You go onto OpenAI's website and you sign up and you get an account. Now that can be a little bit complicated. It's simple. All they ask you is your email. You gen- you give them a password and that's it. But I mean, you may have to like verify who you are and you may have to wait. It verifies who you are and it verifies that your your connection is secure. They they want a secure connection. That's the biggest that's the longest wait. You're waiting for them to verify a secure connection. They want to make sure that your your computer isn't compromised with something that could compromise OpenAI's work. Right. The security side of it. Yep. 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 Well, I was thinking more about some of the people I've heard have had to wait several days to get their account. Yes. There's a waiting list. There was a waiting list. Now it proceeds very fast. I mean, I was on the waiting list and I think I got it like two days later. They told me, okay, go ahead. Now, if you want to, the problem with getting on the testers waiting list is during peak times, it'll time out. So you'll be right in the middle of something. You'll be right in the middle of, uh, you know, generating a report or a business plan or what have you. And it'll just suddenly stop and say network error. 
And that is, there are millions of people using, I think I read something, 100 million people a month are, are using it a month. I think it's like 100 wow. million people. Uh, that's number of active users, what, however they want to categorize that. They're spending tons of money every day. Microsoft had to upgrade. Uh, it's running on as Microsoft Azure um, cloud computers. They upped it. They, they increased the number of servers to handle the load. But still, it's, it's just don't try to use it around dinner time. Or lunchtime, or early in the morning. Pick like either late at night or like some weird time, like 3:30 in the afternoon, your time, West Coast, Pacific Coast time. But here's the thing: I recommend if you're serious about this, just I mean, try it for free. But for $20 a month, you get a business account, and business users have priority, so it will not time out on them. It, you know, here's one thing you can do: you can use OpenAI's Dolly. Uh, fine art generator so you could go on there and you can type in something like give me a picture perfect photo or a picture perfect painting of in this in the style of x some famous painter or you can just say generate me what you think would be a really popular and high selling painting you know you could say like an impressionist painting and it'll spit it out the problem is the images generated on dolly are pretty small so that means you need to go over to one of the other, um, there's a bunch of AI photography sites that do all kinds of stuff with photos. They'll remove weird backgrounds, they'll enhance it, they'll color balance it, and they will enlarge it. So in other words, basically, i.e. they're adding pixels, but they're because it's using machine learning, it is doing a really good job. It's not like the more manual tools where when you say scale up an image, it, it's just used sort of like rasteropping it where it's like just matching what's already there. This is really doing it in fine detail. So you can take a relatively small image, enlarge it, then you can sell that on your fine art photography site if you want. So we've been talking about language, we've been talking about art, but this technique, which is rapidly changing our public consciousness, is not just language and images. We're talking about generating movies. We're talking about an avatar. We're talking about being able to generate music. somebody's... Oh, music. Music, you wait. Music is going to be the next big thing. I'm already starting to see music generator stuff come out. Google has some stuff. I think Facebook's done some stuff. Facebook, well, Facebook always says... Whatever someone else comes out and says they're doing, Facebook's like, oh, it's not so innovative. We've been doing it and stuff. But <laughs> Facebook seems to be, they're kind of like Google. They're very hesitant about releasing anything that could damage their brand. Whereas OpenAI is like, we're open. We don't really have, you know, they didn't really have the OpenAI brand. It's not like Google where you have a billion users or whatever they have on the search engine or Facebook. How many people are on Facebook now? Those companies are worried about damaging their brand where OpenAI, it's like OpenAI walked out in the crowd and just said, started yelling, hey, I'm here and you can't ignore them. And you got to give them credit. Mostly, AI has mostly been used by corporations to benefit the corporation. In other words, the corporation was able to loan more money or sell more products or generate better ads or what have you. OpenAI released Dolly, the image generator. They introduced ChatGPT and they made it open available to everyone. And we were seeing incredible things being done with it. I mean, just not just writing, you know, people are writing code. You can ask it to write you a code. You can ask it to write you HTML for a website to sell photography and it'll spit that out. Now, is it perfect? No, you're going to have to tweak it, go in there and, or have someone do it. 
But I mean, it's you're, we're seeing amazing stuff. I want to go back to the comment you you made about that Google would not just like open it up to the public because they don't want to get in a lawsuit or get damaged. There is a side of this that is not quite so glorious, and that is that there is a history, recent history, that AI's had of causing some problems. I mean, they bias and and yeah. I you know I was talking with a, a gal that works on GPT and. She was excited because she felt that there was all this data now that could be used. And I said, where's the data coming from? She said, the Internet. And I just about burst out my beverage. I, I was like, well, what's on the Internet? OK, the Internet is not the same thing as our our reality of our lives. And it tends to be full of some darkness. And there are these aspects of reality about the internet and what it is. There's an awful lot of porn. There are people who say things and do things on the net that they wouldn't do in person over and over and over again. You can take a a nasty piece of gossip and replicate it millions of times all over the world in a matter of seconds. And it's hard to erase it. Now, we've got that as a data source. So if you think about that old saying, garbage in, garbage out, and it's only as good as the data, I'm not saying that none of it's any good, but I think we need to be careful because it has been given to the public. We don't want people to get hurt. And, you know, with cigarettes and automobiles and things like that that we give to the public, we, you know, we put a little bit of a warning on there. Hey, use use this tool appropriately, read the directions and so forth. But this is kind of a big experiment. These tools are not well understood yet they opened the gate in some sense we're all guinea pigs they're collecting data you sign up for an account they are collecting data on how you use it exactly and they're using you to further train the gpt chat model yeah well i just know it wasn't that long ago that there was a big debacle with something called ImageNet and then something else called 80 million tiny images and what happened was Everybody was excited, and it was a, a great breakthrough in AI, and it's it's good to get excited about that, but there's this thing called hype, and people can get wrapped up in the hype and get their careers rolling, and companies are made, millionaires are made, billionaires are made, and we forget that when people get hurt, then they lose trust. And in ImageNet and 80 million tiny images, 80 million tiny images was at MIT, and ImageNet was a... Uh, Fei Lee's baby. She's now at Stanford. There was an art exhibit where, I think it was in Montreal, Canada, there was mirrors and monitors and a wall of monitors. And it was all about face recognition. It was like an artist's exhibition on face recognition. And the public was invited in to play with it and to look at face recognition for themselves. They could see themselves in the mirror, they could see themselves on the monitors, and they could interact. And what was happening was, the first two to three times they interacted with the system, it was fine. But by the fourth or the fifth time, it was calling them a a hoe. It was calling them, you know, it was calling mothers who are breastfeeding sluts. It was calling any person of color using the N-word. And this came out of nowhere for the researchers, for the people who were building these algorithms. They didn't check the data. They didn't vet the system before it was unleashed on the public. And I think I don't want to discourage the incredibleness of this moment. But I do think when you introduce something new to the public, especially the first time they're going to use it, 
you got to make sure it's not going to backfire because otherwise that we lose their trust. Yeah. Yeah. ChatGPT does have some some sort of software governor built in there because I've asked it questions such as what does Ukraine need to do to defeat Russia on the battlefield? And it came out and said it couldn't answer that question. But then again, that GPT chat is only trained on data up to 2021. So looks backwards. Yeah. But Microsoft's integration of the new chat GPT within the Bing browser and within the Microsoft Edge browser in the Bing search engine, that accesses the internet. So, I mean, it's getting current data as real as the internet. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that may provide a different answer, although Microsoft in their, Microsoft just released this just a couple days ago, Uh, but Microsoft really took time in their introduction of the new integration of their version of GGPad and the new, called new Bing search engine and uh, Microsoft Edge browser. They said they went to extensive links to guarantee the safety and to weed out bias and and to make it so it it's harder to use for nefarious purposes because they call it guardrails. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, what's to stop me if you didn't have it? What would be to stop me from going on GPT Chat and say, generate me the code to create a software tool to use to hack into Amazon or something? And mm-hmm. it may spit something out. You know, it, it's you 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 know a hacker could take that, but it'd give you a start, or it'd ask you what'd be a good way to attack, you know, such and such. Well, I think as long as people realize this is kind of an experiment and they realize this is not a final product, and as somebody said to me once, there's no such thing as a free lunch, yeah. uh, then we're going to be okay. But I think what's going to happen is people get excited and they, they lose track of what the basic assumptions are for using the tool. And if it comes back at us, what, is OpenAI a research institute or are they a company? They're a company, and they're worth uh, they're they're worth quite a bit. Microsoft has invested billions in them, and that's why Microsoft is grabbing all that stuff and embedding it in everything. Microsoft's embedding it in Microsoft Office. So you'll be able to literally say something along the lines of, "Create me a spreadsheet with, uh, uh, you know, with sales along the top for the year, every month of the year, and revenue along the side, and it'll generate that for you." And then you can tell it, you'll be able to tell it to populate it with data. And I imagine you won't tell it where to go. You'll just, you'll just, you know, click on the API where you want to, the data to come from the, the, uh, the file. Uh, I'm already seeing people doing this, but I think the thing to remember about what I would recommend with ChatGPT and Dolly, the image generator, and there's a bunch of other companies that are offering similar applications and even, face. Yeah, even cooler, they're integrating their existing products with ChatGPT and image generators and stuff. There is a company that they sell a fashion designer tool. It's for fashion designers to like design, you know, new dresses and blouses or hats or whatever. And so what you do is you can just, they've integrated Dali with it. You can just say, generate me an uh, image of a mini skirt in white leather kind of like what Bridget Bardot wore in 1965 and then boom it'll spit that out and then you can edit it and you can make the changes to it you know you can make it well let's that looks a little bit dated let's do this we'll we'll tighten it up around the top and we'll make it a little bit you know wider at the bottom and voila you've got a white leather mini skirt that looks 
2023 fashion. Hmm. And I mean, this is done quick. And there's other companies. Audi is, um, they've integrated generative AI with their research and development division, particularly for designing new wheels for Audi cars. And I guess designing the wheels, the hubs, you know, and the hubcaps and everything, that is a big deal. And sort of like wheels on cars, the wheel design, it's sort of like a, a badge. I mean, it's like a brand. It's its a complete extension of the brand. So I mean, a lot goes into developing the hub of a car. And uh, Audi is using this generative AI for their R&D people and their marketing people to brainstorm uh, images for their brand. Wow. You know, and so... See, I think those, those domain-specific applications of this are going to be where the money is exactly but what concerns me you know coming yeah coming back to like how google is holding back on releasing because a lot of people not just open ai have been developing these things for like a decade but now it's it's become part of the public access exactly and so the question is like if you had something like bing okay bing is a search engine it's a little bit like DuckDuckGo or you know google search you've got and there's a new app. I think you were said you were playing with it, where you have uh, a regular search, but you've got an AI enhanced search. And I think what concerns me is that I want to be able to know when something I'm looking at, something I'm searching with, what results I'm getting, what information's coming to me. Is it created by a machine? What is the provenance of the information that I'm, I'm being shown? Is there some kind of way to distinguish it? Because these things, as they get better and better, and I think this brings back to like how you use it. It's not just about putting a request in or describing something you want and getting something back. There's a process where you may do that several times. You may reject all the candidates because it, what it does is it gives you a candidate yeah. solution. So it's almost like a co-pilot. It's not like something you're going to just like flip the switch and it's automatic. That's what Microsoft is calling it, co-pilot. They're calling oh, it, really? use this like a co-pilot. Use it like a co-pilot. Use it like a co-pilot. Well, I hope that people can stick to that. I mean, there is yeah. human nature. But I think one of the things about the Teslas was that even though it wasn't completely automatic, people treated it like it was completely automatic. Yep. You can take a look at the Department of Motor Vehicles and find all the accident reports. Yeah. And people are sleeping and they're reading books. And, Shaving while you know, driving. I mean, well, they could do that without it. <laughs> they do that. I know somebody who does I've that. I've seen that without. Yeah. I've seen that in a normal car, but yeah. 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 Well, so anyway, I, th I think I just remain like, on the side of this where I think we want to prevent problems rather than what we seem to typically do is let things fly and then when they make a mistake we throw more money at it to fix it. Yep, throw it against the wall and whatever sticks highest is great and whatever starts sliding down you got to scrape off and figure out how to clean up the mess on the ground. But the problem is the people who have been hurt yep. so far are the minorities yeah. and the groups that need the most protection. Yeah. Now, there is one good thing about some of these AI methods, which is that it promises it has the potential to democratize many of the things right now that are only accessible to wealthy, educated people. For example, lawyers. There's a legal application of this generative AI technology. I think it's called Do Not Pay. And what it, all it does is, is help people fight parking tickets. But imagine when you don't have much money going to court. You can't afford a lawyer. I would really like to see this lawyering business become available to everyone because 
it shouldn't be the case that mostly poor people who can't afford a good lawyer are the ones who end up in jail or can't pay their bail or I mean, poverty brings its own problems, but I mean, to see, and a doctor, if GPT chat knew enough about medicine, and I mean, not just the medicine we have politics behind, but the medicine of the world, you can have the best of what to eat. You can have the best because we don't have food as medicine here, but they do a lot of places and we have diabetes here and we have obesity here and we have heart disease here. And there's wisdom from other medical systems. If chat GPT is allowed to bring all this different kinds of information in, it will just cut right through any kind of politics, any kind of cultural prejudice, and people can choose what will help them feel better. Exactly. I mean, I think go on chat GPT right now and say, I have a headache. What in Chinese medicine would be a good way to treat it right now? I bet it would give you an answer. And one of the things about Microsoft integrating chat GPT with Bing search engine is you could search, you could get a user agreement for some software licensing thing, and everyone knows what gobbledygook that is. You can ask it to summarize the fine points and it'll spit it out. Well, this is all extremely exciting, and I look forward to more developments and surprises. And hopefully, yep. we won't have any of these catastrophes I'm talking about. Exactly. But thank you for this amazing conversation. You've been listening to Radio AI's podcast on GPT Chat with Kurt Hall. Be sure to check out our website, www.radioai.net. Stay tuned for more cool Radio AI podcasts.